Hey everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and typically we will be talking about a Star Trek episode on this, but we're in the middle of the movies, we finished the original series, this is going to be the third movie, this is Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, which we will start spoiler free, we'll give you a spoiler warning before we go into spoilers, somewhere in the middle, and that's what we'll do. So we did the first two movies, uh, you can find them quite easily uh, in the playlist, and or if you're in the audio feed, they just they came before this one, so... They're the last episodes. Even easier. So, the yeah, so it's interesting to get to this one. Obviously, spoiler-free for this movie until we give you spoiler warning. But we do kind of have to mention how the second one ended. <laughs> because this one is very serialized and it kind of just picks up almost immediately after the second movie. Yeah, it, it opens with like the final scene. Yeah, in a little box. In, in a tiny little box that changes shape and it's really frustrating. And it zooms in, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a whole thing. Um, and, yeah, so, so yeah, the basic premise is, is that the Genesis planet is going, that's this thing, there's the fake planet that was created through science uh, in, the, in the second film, and Spock's body's on there, and something weird may be happening, uh, not to mention the fact that Spock mind-melded with, with, with McCoy before he died, sort of passing on his knowledge and experience and his his, his soul, essentially, uh, into McCoy. And the, the, Kirk might have to break the rules to maybe help his friend um, and go against Starfleet command in order to do so. Uh, meanwhile, Christopher Lloyd's a Klingon and he wants a hold of Genesis because he sees the destructive potential in a, in a Genesis terraforming bomb. So that about sums it up. And that's the the basic gist of the plot. So interesting, of course, we both like the first movie. Obviously, we both like the second movie because everyone likes Rathacan. So you hadn't seen this before. So I am curious to ask you the question. Connor, did you enjoy Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock? I am frustrated by this movie (laughs) because I can see a version of this movie that I love. I can see a version of things in this movie that I I can see being phenomenal. And instead, it just becomes this other horrible thing. Horrible thing. At points, yeah. Horrible thing. Interesting. Um, it's just funny. I I'd seen this before, but outside of like a couple of things at the start and the end, I couldn't remember anything about this movie before I watched it. Uh, so watch it again, and I was reminded that I actually I quite like a lot of it. Actually, there's there's certain elements that I think will work as well. Um, yeah. There's certain things I don't like about it. Um, the core character stuff between Kirk and his like determination to help Spock, I like yeah, a lot. That's good stuff, yeah. Uh, McCoy's inclusion that I like. I like all the all, all the main characters are actually really good. Uh, there's, there's no one I, that I. But yeah, basically the the bit where it's the idea that Kirk has to kind of save Spock's soul, whether yeah. whether whether he believes in it or not. You know, the idea of you know Spock's final burial request. And, and the idea of having to fulfill that because, like, that I love. Yeah, it's great. And then it, it's just the the where it goes, and, and I'm just like, eh, okay. <laughs> I feel this is a spoiler conversation you're you're, you're avoiding. No, right no, just just the the way it all turns out, and it just it gets frustrating. Yeah, um, so I I mean, Christopher Lloyd's fun as a Klingon. I do feel like the Klingons are kind of the weaker element of the movie, though. Um, I kind of feel pointless. They're kind of just there because the movie needs to have a villain that they can fight. Yeah, do you know what really frustrates me about the Klingons? Yes. 
The way they just switch mid-conversation between Klingon and English. When they're just Klingons and there's no reason for them to be speaking and, English. And, like, they'll be speaking Klingon, it's subtitled for, like, three sentences, and then they'll just reply in English. It's weird. I, I don't know why they're doing that. <laughs> Pick one. If, if you tell me they're just speaking in English and we're just, you know, we're hearing a translation, whatever, fine, I don't care. But you make an effort to speak in Klingon and give me subtitles and then just disregard it half of the time. And it just annoys me. Yeah, flip flops. I got I got no reason for it. It's weird. No, it um, is worse than it just you know being one or the other. I mean, I think Christopher Lloyd has a bit of fun in the role. Like he's he's nice and charismatic and he does his thing. Um, but the actual the, them being there is just there because we need to have a villain. Um, and Joe, uh, no, I can't talk about this. Still spoilers, right? They're, they're a, mostly inconsequential, though, aren't they? There's a, there's a thing I want to talk about in spoilers, right? Okay, I'm noting this down. Cl- about Klingons and spoilers. Spoiler Klingon. Got Remind it. me. Um, yeah, uh, worth mentioning as well, We uh, Savick's back, although Christy Alley is not playing her. Um, and I had forgotten that she was back in this, but recast. Um, and I actually looked it up. I was curious as to maybe why we did have a new actress. And it's conflicting stories. Um, oh. She claims that she was been offered... Which she? Sorry? Which she? What do you mean, which she? Christy Alley. You said... Right, okay. You just said she claims, and I'm like, well, do you want about her or, or, the, or the new woman? Why Why would the new woman be claiming anything? Well, I don't know, but you can't just say she. Just name them. Why, why would she have any anything to do with why the, why the original actress wasn't back? Nothing. There's no, no possible way, unless she actively sabotaged. She might have done. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> Christy Alley claims that they were offering her less money than she got in the first or the second movie um and the the rash right sorry so that's a bit shitty yeah however um lara nimoy who directed this by the way um has claimed that her agents maybe not her specifically but her agent was was requesting a significant amount of money uh, that was so big that it was more than what DeForest Kelly was getting for the movie and was like multiples of what she would got in the last movie. Um, so it's a bit of a he said, she said bit yeah. of a deal. Do you know what's funny? Because I can believe either side. You know, like, oh, they're saying, oh, they wanted to pay me less. I can buy, given that she's in this movie, significantly less than mm. she was in the last one. So you're in it a lot less, you get paid less. That seems relatively fair to me. Um. Yeah. I mean, I mean it is, it's it's less of your time to shoot it, right? Your so if it's less time to shoot, it's it is in theory is cheaper. That makes sense to me. All of her stuff's fairly separate as well, so you could theoretically do all of her stuff in about four days. Yeah. Uh, maybe a week. That push. Yeah. Compared but... to you know in the last movie where she's she's there with with everyone most of the time. Yeah, she's kind of around. Yeah, with the main group all the time. It's a lot of a. It's a significantly longer shoot for the actress. But because of that, I mean, she does feel like a fake savic. I just, yeah, you're you're wrong. <laughs> Your face is wrong. <laughs> I, can't, I can't I can't accept this. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's not this actress's fault. It's not this movie's fault even. It's just typically when you recast the role like this, it's just kind of annoying, and you just kind of it feels. It off. is, yeah, and and the actress doesn't do anything wrong. She's no, fine. She's fine. Uh, and Kirk's son's back, David. He's he's back yes, here because yes, he him and Savik are kind of the scientists who are going down to investigate this Genesis planet. Which yep. we hear like brief mumblings that there's a big political intrigue about this place now that it exists, but there's not really it doesn't really go anywhere with that. Other than the fact so, that there's Klingons yeah. trying to steal it. 
I guess. But... It's a little disappointing because they were like, oh, no, it's hush-hush. You can't even talk about it. Yeah. I, I wanted to, to see some of that stuff. Um, yeah. I thought that's where we were going, and then it just, it just didn't really matter in the end. No. But no, I, I, I like that not only does Kirk have to decide against, because, you know, Sarek comes and sees him, and it's the same actor from the, the original series, which was cool. Um, and he comes to see him and, you know, kind of sets up some of the Spock stuff, and... He, he makes the choice to go against orders and try... Because the Enterprise is being decommissioned. No one's going to fix it. You know, Scotty's already... Scotty's like, oh, I'm going to fix this damn thing. He's like, no, no, you're going to go to the newest ship. You're going to the Excelsior because that's our new baby. And this, this hump, hunk of junk's 20 years old. We don't want anything to do with it. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but actual big ships, like big Navy ships, they yeah. typically are in use for longer than a couple of decades, right? I I think so, yeah. The, the if they're well maintained, I, I feel like they're the sort of thing that you do, you do use for a long time. You get a lot of use out of it, unless it gets sunk. Of course, I, of I course. would have thought so. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I, I was thinking, twenty years doesn't seem that long a time. Especially, I, I'd only assume this get this would get longer if we were started talking about spaceships. You you'd think they were well maintained, right? Yeah, because they're so big and expensive that they'd want to just make sure that they're yeah. getting Here we their go. Worth. In general, most modern vessels with have, have a planned life service of between twenty five and thirty years. Oh, I guess it's not that far off. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that, that that's not going for necessarily just military ships, but I mean, I imagine it's not that different. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So. I'll, I'll stand corrected then just seemed a bit off yeah. but uh, so that's happening so they steal the Enterprise that's a big part of the plot uh, but I love that the entire crew like the main characters right they're like no we could they were, they we're in this sir we don't care that we're kind of committing treason let's just we'll put, we'll put together a bit of a heist and steal it. it yeah I, I love all that stuff I, I have that's, a, that's fun I have yeah. a lot of fun with that um, the, the the character emotion of of trying to find Spock, of of Kirk's dedication of finding Spock, the stuff at the start when he's doing the captain's log and it's very remorse, it's very like, ah, uh, something really bad's happened, you know, all, all the because I remember the last movie, it was all a bunch of trainees who were like manning yeah. the ship, is like, all the trainees have gone, it's like all the children have left the house, but Spock's also gone, it's like as a gaping wound, and you know he's he's, mm. he's really going for it. Um, and a couple of a lot of moments that I liked is at one point he asked Chekhov to to go in the, to the science station and Chekhov and just kind of hesitates. He does. He takes a moment. Where he's like, oh, yeah, I, f- I feel weird doing this, and I like that. I like those little things. Um, Do you know what some of the best stuff in the movie is? Oh yeah, is McCoy doing his Spock moments? Because yeah, that's part of the movie that he kind of has Spock's aura inside him. So every so often he'll he'll say something that Spock would say, or he'll do something that Spock would do. In fact, at one point he tries to uh, do the, the the grip. He tries to he tries to he knock does. someone. Out. It doesn't. Work. One of my favorite moments is he just reads something off a screen, or you know, off on the mm. deck, exactly. And you don't see him do it. You hear it off screen. It sounds exactly like Spock. To the point where it turns round. I'm He's almost like, convinced they've put Leonard uh, Nimoy's voice like over him. over it. I yeah. think they might have done. Just to make it really sound like it was him, so that we got the same effect as the characters when they all turned around, and it was it just him. Sounded so much like him, didn't it? I, I think it was a blend of the two voices, yeah. to be honest. Um. So, yeah, no, no, I, I like all that stuff, and there's some great emo- emotional moments at the end because I, I think the final few scenes I really like as well. Um, mm-hmm. the actual predicament against the Klingons once they get to the planet, and the Klingons have got some hostages and stuff like that, and this, you know, that stuff just kind of feels like it's here because it's meant to be a movie with an action plot kind of here as well uh, yeah and that's definitely the weakest element of the movie um it's definitely. not terrible 
like like I say, I have enough fun with Christopher Lloyd being a Klingon that it's like, okay, I'm kind of into the hamminess of it a little bit. But it's definitely not up to the standard that the movie should have or could have. Definitely not. And uh, I really don't like the design of their ship. Oh, the Bird of Prey? Yeah. I think it's the, the garish green. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I just don't like it. Oh. <laughs> um, Christopher Lloyd's got this... Uh, this Klingon dog, and it's very scary. So scary that when you ask another Klingon to feed it, the other Klingon looks terrified. It's actually like a really almost out of place joke where there's no there's no other humor with the Klingons the whole movie, but there's this little moment where this Klingon's afraid to to feed this dog. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's that moment where he just sort of looks at the camera and goes gulp. It's that's that moment. Yeah. Um, but, but it was funny. It made me laugh. So. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Fair, fair play. Fair play. Uh, I also I love how they come up with an excuse. Does it? Oh, Scotty, you've made everything automated, so we don't have to have a crew of five hundred like we always say we do. <laughs> we can Convenient, just, isn't it? We can just do it from the bridge with the five of us. Nice. Yeah. Poor Poor Ahura gets the shaft. She she's left behind. Yeah, but she's essential in getting them out. She's she's part of the plan. She's an essential part of them getting off the off the station. But it's still kind of like oh, she's left out all the action for the rest of the movie. Yeah, someone someone's got to beam you out though, haven't they? I suppose. Uh, but yeah, so you know, um, now I, I would say I like it quite a bit. I I think watching it again, I actually I think it's the weakest of the three so far. But the best stuff in any of these movies has been the character uh, themes and bonds and the relationships and how they've grown since the original show and building upon what the original show had for them. And I think this does all that just as well. That's fair. I I like large portions of it. However, there are significant elements that I actively hate that really ruin my enjoyment overall. We'll probably get to that in spoilers. because We like, will, yes. I feel like they're more spoilery. They, they are, yeah. Um, yeah, music. Yeah, James Horner's back for the music. It's pretty good. A couple of, uh, couple of themes that felt a bit out of place here or there. Hmm. Um, I mean, most part, it's kind of standard, standard fare. Yeah, you used some themes from the last movie, of course, a little bit. Yeah. Kind of built upon them. Um, it was it was it was fine. The effects are good. Oh, I did notice a weird thing actually. Go on. Uh, with the with the ships in space, not all the time, but there was a couple of scenes where there was like like almost like a grey box, like around some of the ships. Just just very transparent, of course, but just a little. Like, I could sort of make it out, mm. and it was kind of like ch- changing its size and moving around the ship as it was flying through the space. And it was almost like um, it was when it was flying towards the station early on. And the like station... a tracking box sort of thing. Yeah, like a tracking box, yeah. That's what it kind of looked like. Right. And I was like, oh, that's weird. It's almost like... I, I wonder if just, you know, being in HD now and watching the Blu-ray, this is something they got away with before. But now it's showing up the, the, the trick. Just kind of see it, yeah. Um, and it's like, ah, I could have probably cleaned that. Because it wouldn't be that hard to clean up now. Just to put it into, like, a, a, yeah. an effects program and just quickly... No, I mean, Dodge it out. obviously, we, we, we just got through the original series. We saw what a phenomenal job job they did cleaning those up. I mean, it's notable, though, that this, uh, you know, because the first two movies didn't have this problem. And it was only a couple of scenes in this, but I didn't notice it once or twice. And I was just like, yeah. oh, I feel like, and I think in that scene, it was because there was two different things in the space. So they had to have, like, sort of tracking between them, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Or something like that, because maybe they were filmed separately and then put in the same shot later. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. But. I noticed it, so I thought, I thought I'll mention it. It's a thing. Um, yeah, main cast are good again, uh, as as they, yeah. they have been. Uh, I mean, but at this point, they know their characters so well that they just slip right back in, don't they? Yeah. 
uh it's very hard, difficult to find fault in in that that space um yeah, and I think another big. It pro- is. It, I was gonna say just on the main characters, it's fun seeing them be a bit more, you know, rebellious. Even though they, they oh, yeah. obviously, they often actively disregarded orders here or there, but this is outright. No, no, no. We're just stealing the ship. Oh yeah, and it's it's very playful, which I really like. But I think from a character sort of, from a drama perspective, the fact that because Kirk obviously has always picked the ship over over a family, right? He's always picked, you know, instead of you know finding a wife and settling down. He's always picked the duty. So for him to risk that and give it all up for the sake of Spock, you know, because as he puts it at one point in the film, yeah, he didn't have to do this, but he needed to, otherwise, you know, his soul, you know, because obviously it comes at great cost. We'll talk about that in spoilers. Uh, But, you know, to save his own soul, you know, he'd he'd have lost that if if he hadn't done this for his friend. Um, so the fact that he's willing to risk all that to save Spock is kind of kind of adds weight to it. It's like okay, so here's here's the drama element to it that makes it kind of work and gives it the the emotion that that makes it work for the most part as a movie. Like you say, there's elements that maybe don't quite work, but I think the core character drama of it. Yeah, is I can't very argue with that side of it. Um, and I like that stuff. So no, it's it's very good. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll get the spoiler warning and we'll 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 dive into some of the 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 spoilers. I guess we'll start with the the negatives. Uh, would this be to do with uh, rapidly aging Spock to as a boy at first? It, it would be yes. Yes. Kid um. Spock is utterly atrocious. <laughs> I hate everything on this side of the plot. <laughs> uh, it's not that good. I can, I'll agree with that. It just for me, it undermines the whole thing of you know, you know, Kirk just like trying to you know, like like. Like I said, it's saving his friend's soul. Whether or not he believes mm. doesn't actually matter. It's this respect for respect for what his his friend's wishes were, right? And then it's just oh, but the kid's actually kind of just there. Yeah, it just it, undermines it. It doesn't ruin it for me for the most part because he doesn't know that it's not. Talk, it's quite no, late on in the movie before he finds us out. It is, it is all just him doing this for the for, for the the sake of the you know the theoretical soul. Yeah. Um. And it has to happen to some extent because that's how we, at the end of the movie we can transfer the the soul from from McCoy into into Spock, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't really like that either, to be honest. I don't like the the scene itself, uh, the the ritual itself, I should say. The scene afterwards when he's talking to them all, though, I like a lot. It's a nice scene. I just, it's one of these where I just I wish it didn't exist. Well, that was, that was the thing we said in the last movie, though, is that it's a shame they had to undo the death, right? Yeah. I, I think for us, there was no way that that was never going to at least be a little bit of a shitty thing to do. It's like, oh, we're going to undermine it by taking it out. To his credit, though, I, I, I didn't remember the... Because I remember watching Wrath of Khan a couple of weeks ago when we had the, the death scene, and I noticed the you know the moment where he went up to McCoy, and, he, and I was like, oh, they actually did put, put that in there. It almost felt like, okay, maybe they actually did have kind of a plan to how to bring him back. They, they, they intentionally put that in as a seed. Yeah. for where it was going to go and i was okay all right fine a space seed if you will um so but if we are bringing them back and, and we we and they are going to we're always going to right that's just the sad truth of it yeah the ritual stupid i don't like what they're wearing i don't like the cloaks um but i do like the scene afterwards where he he gets the first memory because he doesn't know who he is at first he's kind of just you know he turns around he sees him he looks at them all and they're, they're all kind of staring at him and he starts like quoting the end of the last movie with Kirk 
yeah. and he, he he calls him Jim, and that's the sort of moment where they all smile, and you know, Kirk, you know, it's it's, it's like a proper romance moment. It's like, oh, finally, it's, it's, it's like he just proposed. He's like, yes, I love you too, I love yeah. you too, Spock. Um, I was like, oh, this seems kind of getting to me, and I kind of like Kirk's thing where he's like, why, you know, Spock asks, why did you do this? And he's like, because you know, sometimes the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. Wait, he doesn't even say sometimes, does he? He doesn't. I think it's implied, though. No, but I thought that was a very notable touch to not say. Sure. Because for, for me, like I said, you know, the implication you, to us, we just assume that's there. That's so obvious to say that. But the fact that he doesn't kind of it, it almost highlights the importance. The importance of what? Of of doing it for the, the the one in this case right you know it's not just sometimes it's no no no. when it comes to this it's just you know, it's, it's it's always sure. if it's for the for the friend it's not a sometimes i think kirk knows that it is sometimes though i think the point here is that in this moment he you know he's, he's in the heat of it right now he's in this moment where he yeah. was going to do this no matter what nothing was going to stop him um yeah um it was worth risking everything to to try and do this to try and help spock and mm-hmm. That's what makes it work, and I, I think, because because what he's really saying there, because obviously Spock's whole thing, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, that's utterly logical. And what Kirk is responding with, no, no, it's sometimes if you really care about someone, then the needs of that one outweighs everything else. It's, it's, it's like, it's like yeah. a parent talking about their child, right? You know, it's like, sure. oh, it doesn't matter. I'll protect my kid no matter what. I don't care if I have to kill a hundred, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's essentially what it is, and that's what makes it work, and. Uh, it's a really sweet scene. So, um, I, f- I feel like you're being extra cynical with it because you just don't like how it gets there, and that's fair. But <laughs> it's it's one of these where it it kind of just undercuts the movie for me as a whole. The journey, uh, a lot of it feels undermined by giving it this just this happy ending almost. For me, that that's how it feels. Yeah, but how do you? How no, do you, you don't. How... It just it makes me feel like I wasted my time a little bit with the movie. Well, how how would how would you have liked it to end though? Knowing that Spock has to come back. Well, would... no, that's it. Exactly. I don't know how you do it without having without yeah. having Spock come back. But but that is, I think, I honestly, I think having Spock come back right at the end is maybe a problem. I get that's the end point, but I think the entire movie just leading up to that undercuts a lot of it for me. Whereas. I don't know. Maybe maybe if they know a bit earlier that he's alive and they're actively trying to say, maybe it doesn't undercut the entire movie. Because for me, you know, like, you know, uh, Jim saving his soul, right? Mm. And that's that's all the this emotional beats, but it, it feels weightless when it's at the end where it didn't really, you know, he wasn't really saving. So he's, he's there anyway. It's fine. He's alive. Um, whereas I think if if he was actively trying to save him a bit more, I'd have less of a problem. Weirdly, because I wouldn't feel like we spent so long on that for it to not really feel as it matters as much. Yeah, I mean, to be fair though, like. If he didn't go to save his soul, they wouldn't have saved him at all. Like he, he would be dead. No, no I get that because they wouldn't have found him. So it did, it did accomplish something. It, it did, it did accomplish it, but not. It, it didn't accomplish it intentionally or alternatively. It, it. Un, so if it was intentional, then it has an achie- what, It has an achievement, right? What was funny to me is that I think I liked it more this time I watched it compared to the first time, and I think it's because the first time I probably had more of a problem with some of this than I do now. I think going in knowing what it is and just accepting it for what it is, yeah, maybe meant I could just enjoy what worked rather than what didn't. Um, yeah, the, the the Vulcan ritual I wasn't really keen on. Young Spock growing up is whatever. 
I feel like Joe. It's funny when I watched Wrath of Khan. I was convinced that David was going to die by the end, and he didn't. And I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, I misremembered that. And then when I started watching this, because I didn't remember that he came back, I didn't remember that he was in the Search for Spock. So when hey, I started, oh. as soon as as soon as he's popped up in this, because because at the start, Kirk actually explains why he's not there. Kirk says, "Oh, him and Savik are away." I was like, "Oh yeah, that's how you write them out. Fine, whatever." And then it cut to him, and I'm like, "Oh, he's going to be dead by the end of this." <laughs> yeah, that was another thing that I thought just felt a bit cheap as to just I, I didn't think you needed to, the, the point was to to make Kirk care a bit more, right? It's like, "Oh, you killed my son," and it just like I don't did we really need that? It felt a bit random to me. Um, it yeah. felt it felt kind of out of nowhere. I think David's inclusion as a whole feels kind of weird in this movie. There's not really them going around the planet and then finding young Spock is definitely the weaker stuff in the film. Um, yeah. And then it ultimately comes down to okay, now they've got they've got them as hostages. They, they, and they kill David so randomly as well. It's like, oh, we're going to kill one to prove we're serious, and they just kill him. It's like, and that's it. He's dead. <laughs> They're like, okay. Um, not that I cared that much about him, um, but just, I think the problem feels throwaway, doesn't it? It feels throwaway, but the problem is, is that afterwards, Kirk, I mean, Shatner's acting when it happens is great, but afterwards when he's fighting, you know, the bad guy, he's fighting Christopher Lloyd's character, it doesn't really feel like the emotion of like you killed my son is in that scene. <laughs> it feels like it's forgotten. It feels like a, a, just a, a typical Star Trek fight. Do, do you know what it feels like? Mm-hmm. It feels like when they shot this fight at the end. That wasn't in the script yet. They just went back and added that in afterwards. Maybe? I don't know. Cause, well, because the start of the scene, though, before they're fighting in the same sort of set, like yeah. he's already references dead and he's already not there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that's yeah. what happened. That's, that's how it feels. It feels, it feels that way. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. I can see it. Because... It just, it's one of those things is when it happened, I, I thought there was going to be more to it than just him going, oh. And it's funny because in another movie, this this could maybe work to show how random the villain is. Like, if this is the Joker, right? And the whole point is that he could kill anyone at any point. Sure. And you take, <laughs> and you take someone away randomly. That's kind of like, oh, the random nature of it. This doesn't feel like that, though. This just feels like, oh, well, he was interested in the last movie, so he'll it'll mean something to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I just, I actively dislike everything with them and, and Youngs, but I just, I wouldn't want any of that in the movie at all. Just the problem. Um. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like their stuff. Um. Yeah. It hasn't ruined the movie for me. It seems to have done for you, but. I think it's because it's so frequent that we cut back to it. I mean, it, it's not huge chunks at a time, but it feels like every. 10 minutes we're cutting back checking in on them and doing something else with them and it, it kind of it always just interrupts the flow of the movie and i get back to them and i'm like oh yeah this shit's still going on i'm sick of it and it just it really get it really uh ruined my enjoyment quite a lot um they were fairly condensed for me that i wasn't really that angry every time it cut to it because those scenes were definitely much shorter than all the other stuff they were yeah i said they weren't that long individually it's just it was like clockwork where we cut back to them and have another one and it felt like it was relatively you know relatively often that we did that yeah um no it's definitely weaker everything with the main cast though i really like i do too it's kind of like when you have a a kind of weirder plot on one of the episodes but all the main character stuff is really good and Mm. For me, that always trumps the the whatever the 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 plot element I don't like is. That's fair, and I think that's what's happened here in this case. 
I definitely liked it more this time than I did the first time I watched it, though. And I think it's because going in knowing all this growing up Spock stuff, uh, even if I didn't remember it right away, but as soon as it started happening, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. I yeah. remember all this now. Maybe I'll enjoy it more next time I watch it. Um, I like that. I like, you know, the, the, the fun of them stealing the, the ship. And you know Scotty sabotaged the other ship. Because the, the other guys, the other captain on the Excelsior is like a bit of a dick, and he's like, ah, how can we have a yellow alert when we're in dock? Oh, what's, what's happening? Oh, let's get after that Enterprise. Oh, we're going to... To put the tractor beam on them they won't know what to hit them when we hit warp drive and then obviously everything just shuts down because scotty's been tampering you know what it was it was it was the moment from from star wars you know when they, when they try and hit you know you know punch it and it's just like, oh no hyperdrive that's exactly it was the exact same moment where it just you i could almost hear the whining sound uh from that movie where it fails hmm it's fine, but it wasn't the only time in this movie that I thought uh, it reminded me more of a of a Star Wars movie. You know, in terms of uh, that whole section of the movie, uh, you know, with them, you know, getting out and mm. stealing the ship, it, it felt more Star Wars than Star Trek. Okay, which isn't necessarily a complaint. It was just it felt different. Um, I just feels different because they're because it was such a rebellious plot compared to yeah. compared to normal. That's fair. I think it just the, the tone of it felt more like something I'd expect in Star Wars, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, also, I really liked the bit at the start where um, Scotty admits that he he quadruples all of his estimates so that he looks like a miracle worker whenever, whenever he finishes something much quicker. Yeah, yeah. It's a good plan. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciated that. Uh, that, that, was, that was good. Problem is, if I did that, I'd just procrastinate because I'm like, well, i got time. Yes, yes. Now he's a he's a man who cares about his reputation, so he he goes he'd for. Still it. have a good reputation if he's, if I, if he said, "Oh, it's going to take this long," and it took that long, he'd still have a good reputation. <laughs> but yeah, so so no, I I I think yeah, David and Savick stuff is definitely the weakest part. Um, and, and then just the Klingons as a whole. Yeah, but the, the Klingons are at least a little bit fun. Sure. They're just, they're fun enough. They just kind of feel pointless. Yeah, um, you could you could happily cut cut them out, um, and it, the movie wouldn't really suffer for it. You just you'd have them get to get to the planet and then go looking for, for Spock, and then just have them like, oh, he's not in there. Wait, what? He got up. What? And then maybe just go and find them from there. And then the planet's starting to... Because the, that's the other thing, is the Genesis planet's going to explode. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's de- unstable, the, the Genesis is a failure, it's not working. Um, David, turns out, is a bit of a shit. Um, well, he's, he's like his dad, he, he cheats. Exactly. <laughs> he cheats and changes the rules. Uh, and putting some concoctions into the, into the scientific mix, which is leading to the planet going to explode. And he, he, he dies for his sins, I guess. I guess, I guess that's, that's 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 how that goes. But yeah, so no, but I, I, yeah, I think for me, just the the actual stuff between the main cast, it's partic- particularly Kirk's motivation, Kirk's determination, um, is the real heart of the movie, um, and the fact that Spock's death seems to have affected everyone, uh, and then the the sweeter ending when they do get him back is quite nice, e- even if I I would admit that. Just having him not come back would have more impact. Yeah. Um, it's still handled fairly well in terms of the emotion of it. Uh, the the plot explanation for how it happens is just kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah. It, it's why I started this by saying I was 
frustrated by them because all that side of things, if you cut out all this other stuff around it and do that, this could be my favorite of the three quite easily. I could love this movie. Mm. But there's just too much of this other baggage weighing it down. Yeah, no. It's, it's my least favorite of the three as well so far. But it's better than I remembered it being. Fair enough. I, I legitimately would still kind of say, no, I still kind of like to overall. I still like to overall. So, yeah, yeah this, this, this is positive. Um, you're just a miserable shit. So, I can't <laughs> argue with that. You're a miserable shit, and that's just, just the way it is. Um, so, yeah, anything else you want to add before we, before we read it? Uh, no, I think we spoke about everything that I can think of. All right, then. Well, what are you giving it out of 10, then? Um, I'll give it a 6. I can't go any higher. There's just too many things I didn't enjoy to say it's a good movie. Okay. Um, so I think I went 8 and 8.5 on the last... Yeah, so I think so. Sounds about right. I think I did. Uh, or did I go 8.5 twice? I can't remember. But regardless... um. I think I'm going to go with a 7 for this one. I like it more than you do. Um, I think as much as I agree with the criticisms and I agree that the, the actual young spot growing up and the, the, the Klingons are superfluous... Just didn't bother you quite as much. It just didn't, yeah, it didn't bother. At least not this time. Maybe it did the first time, but that, this time... And I, I think it is, I, I felt this way with the last two movies as well. The effect of having watched the whole show and then doing this is, means that the themes that the characters are going through... Mm are hitting me much harder this time and this like Kirk's determination to, to do this for Spock really really you know was was pulling the heartstrings a little bit and I think it was doing that because I've spent all this time with him. It's been this journey, you know, the continuing yeah. mission, yada yada yada. Um and because of that it, it really worked. Um and that 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 kinda lifted up for me. Uh, and so much of the elder stuff is them, you know, being mischievous and stealing the ship and running away and and everything else. And I kind of like that the ship is still damaged from last time. I like that it's, you know, it's like, oh, we can't, you know, sir, I never thought we'd be in combat. Like, I didn't prepare it for this. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, so I will say, actually, it just kind of dawned to me that by the end, we never really get a, a resolution to them stealing the ship and just, yeah, yeah it's just kind of like, okay, we're, we're done now. Um, Yes, uh, I, I don't have a problem with that because I'm fairly certain that that's just something that's brought up next time. Um, that's fair, it just feels weird to just end like that without addressing it at all. But I mean, fine. Well, because here's the thing. Um, the 2, 3, and 4 are very much a trilogy and they all kind of follow on right after one another because I'm pretty sure the next one starts with them on their way back to Earth. Like, you know, it's, it's right, okay. right away. That's where we're picking up from. So we we get to that. We never actually talked about the, the ship being self-destructed. Uh, Kirk's plan—they're being boarded by Klingons, and basically he gets he gets uh, Scotty and Chekhov, who have got the little access codes to get it to self-destruct. So it's a nice moment. I mean, it's one of those things where when they do it now in a movie, we've seen it so many times, it's not a big deal when the, the Enterprise yep. gets destroyed. But I actually really like the scene in this one where they're on the planet already and they're watching it go down like a shooting star. And like Kirk's like questioning, what have I done, my baby, yeah. <laughs> my ship, my Enterprise? What yeah. have I done? I think that's why we didn't really even think to mention it, is because we've seen it so much. We right? have, but to be fair, I think this was the first time. If I if I remember correctly, uh, a story from this is that 
Leonard Nimoy actually tried to fight the studio or the marketers to not put it in the trailer, and he lost. They, they put it in the trailer against his wishes, but he did not want it in the trailer that the Enterprise got destroyed. He, he was like, no, no, that's, that's a spoiler. Don't do that. They didn't use spoiler as a word back then in this context, but, you know. No, I get you. But that, that, that was his thing. He was adamant as the director of this movie. He did not want that in the trailer. And he said, no, no, this will sell tickets. And they put it in the trailer. Probably did as well. It probably did, which is a sad part, but they should listen to him. <laughs> they should have. Um, oh, one other thing that really bothered me with the, the Savick and David stuff oh, is... Here we go. I, lo- oh, I, loved, I love all these points we're bringing up after we did the race. Because I'm remembering them. Go for it. Is, so their ship that gets destroyed by the Klingons, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're clear like oh our ship's been you know it's been destroyed, and then they don't seem at all concerned that they're not going to get out of there. They're like, hang on, we're stuck on this planet. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, no, it's something that I was thinking about as well. Is that it's like okay, you're going to find Spock's body or soul or whatever, but you're kind of still stuck in this planet that you know is going to blow up. Um, they don't seem very worried that hang on that that how are they getting off? Um. I guess maybe Kirk was already planning on stealing their ship. <laughs> yeah, but do they know that? Do who know, does who know that? David and Savick, do they know that Kirk's on his way? Well, hold on. Who's worried? No, David and Savick, they're not worried, is what I'm saying. You know, when their ship, the, the, the Grisham or whatever, is, is destroyed oh, by the Oh, okay, I thought, you meant the, I thought you meant our main characters. Okay. No, no, no. David and Savick, when... when their ship's destroyed by the Klingons. They're on the comms with them, right? And the and and the Klingons come in and destroy them. And they're like, oh, sh-, you know. And they're like, well, oh what yeah, just I get you. And they're like, I oh, you. I think the ship got destroyed. They never once show any concern of how they're going to get off the planet, which they know is going to blow up in a few hours. They never even address the fact that they're stuck there. Uh, yeah, they just kind of go into it on the run mode because they know whoever did it is coming for them. Um. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, I, I guess in a weird way, I'd say I'm thankful because it meant that we spent less time with them. Yeah, I get that. It just was a really glaring oversight not to have as a moment. I guess it was just we'll we'll, we'll worry about that later because uh, that's why I think it works with Kirk and Co. Is not only might he already have the plan to try and steal the Klingon yeah. ship. I feel like all too often he puts them in a position where it seems like oh we'd be doomed, but we're probably going to get our way out of this somehow. No, I'm okay with them because they went in with a plan. They chose to yeah. self-destruct the ship. So they, they kind of had that knowledge. They don't need to be going, oh, what are we going to do now? Whereas David and Savick, they, they were just on the planet and their ship, the, you know, the thing that was going to pick them back up I mean, is just gone. They didn't know that. I don't think they knew that it was going to blow up when the, the, the ship first went. I think that was something they he realized later. Yeah. Um, but he made the call was the point. Yeah, I would imagine that before that he would, um, or they would just be like, okay, well, they know we're out here, Starfleet. If we just hide that long enough, you know, thinking the planet's going to be around, we'll... Uh, uh, maybe. We'll make, we'll make the um, rescue will come. Um, once they realise the planet's going to blow up, I, I guess, like, I'd have to go back to the scene and watch the acting, because it's the sort of thing where maybe just their reaction to it could be enough to tell you, oh, they know they're screwed. It didn't feel like it when I watched it. That's fair. But, that's fair. I'm just, I'm just. That would work though if it was just they look like they know they're going to die yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But no, that's 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 fair. Like I can't argue okay. with that. I don't think I've got anything else now. I think I'm okay, actually good. Done. Okay, good. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Surfer Spock. Uh, definitely got has its issues, but I think there's enough in here to still be quite positive on it. Um, 
But uh, next time we have Star Trek for The Voyage Home. And I, like I said, it starts with them coming home. I mean, it's called The Voyage Home. I mean, it's, it's kind of... Closing the name. Is Yeah. Uh, but two, three, four are very much a trilogy. They, they all follow on one from another. Actually, that's one of the things I love about this as well. I feel like so many movies, um, especially ones that are set like you know around characters who have outfits or uniforms or costumes, is they always feel they need to redesign everything in between movies. Even you know one to two went from those grey outfits to these red outfits. I love that this movie starts and everyone's still wearing the red outfits with the collars. But not only that, Kirk's even got it unfastened like he did at the end of the last one. It's like it's just it's straight on. You know, we yeah. just go. It's one of the things I love about uh, Dark Knight is that it starts off with the Batman Begins outfit, even though he changes. Yes. You know, after a couple of scenes, he's like, "No, get me a new suit. I want a sleeker suit." And it's in the movie that he wants a new one, and I'm like, "Yes," because normally they just change it, and it's just like, "Ah, whatever." Just don't address it. it. Just happened. Yeah. Just happened. Yeah. Um. So I like that, especially since a uniform like this shouldn't be changing that frequently. <laughs> it shouldn't. No. So I'm glad that they they kept it the same, and I think it stays the same for a while. I don't, um, that's it. It was kind of fun having them on the bridge, like all in their civvies, because when they when they steal the ship, you know, he's just in a leather jacket. He's he's not. Yeah. You know, it it really feels like the ragtag version or the, the ragtag yeah. Star Trek movie. Um, that said, next one they're all in civvies as well, because the next one's the time travel one where they're back in present day. Oh, cool. Um, obviously of the time, which was nineteen eighty six, I believe, if I remember right. Um, so you've got them in, I think, San Francisco, um, and you've you've got you've got Chekhov going around asking for nuclear vessels. Uh, so we can look forward to that. Is this the one with the whales? This is the one with the whales. Finally, we're getting to the whales after three I have, seasons. I have been waiting for this for about a year. In four movies, we're getting to the whales movie. Uh, not that it's set this, in this, whales this... because that'd be a weird Star Trek movie. Oh, that would be weird. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> oh God, can you imagine that accent in Star- just all throughout a Star Trek movie? I, I, I almost wanted just so Spock can turn around to Kirk and go, "This voice is illogical." <laughs> <laughs> just, I can just see him like humans are stupider than I thought. Just after hearing them. Uh, so that's next time. Um, so look forward to that uh, but this has been Star Trek 3 Search for Spot let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below like, subscribe all the usual stuff get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz but most importantly go over to patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the channel and the show and everything we do here um, you get these Star Trek discussions a week early uh, amongst other things so go have a look and see if you fancy anything um, it's also worth going over there just to see the list of all the shows and all the different audio feeds all the different links to all the YouTube playlists um just a handy list of all the content but go have a look uh, but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching oh see this is all because this is already cancelled i want to say keep watching tv because it is already cancelled still but because we're doing star really trek really accurate is it hey live long and do you, prosper do you not always just say, like keep watching star trek something like that i think i do actually you're right just keep watching which is still apply you know what live long and prosper the needs of me outweigh the needs of Connor. I have been telling you to use that as an outro for like eight months, and you've been going, "No, it's too obvious." And and now you're finally gonna. Oh God, you're a dick. <laughs> Pretend you just like, yeah, go on then. 
Funnily enough, uh, Tim convinced me on the Screams TV episodes to end it with the quote from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, 3, where he says, Welcome to prime time, bitch! So that's what I do now at the end of the, the Screams TV episodes. Um, which is good. That's good. It's TV related. I like it. Uh, but yeah, so yes. Uh, so thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek. And live long. <laughs> and prosper. See, it doesn't fit. It's weird. Bye.